This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This time on Millennial. To me, most condiments should be refrigerated. Except for hot sauce, I don't feel like hot sauce belongs in the fridge. It belongs in your bag. Swag. (laughs) I'm not that cool. The last time Andrew called it, he's like, you're not in bed yet. And he's like, no, Pam and I are having ice cream. No, no, no. I called because that's funny. It was so funny. (laughs) I grew concerned that I hadn't heard from Pat for like hours and hours. I was like, he's dead. This is it. I just, I always assume that somebody's dead. It was not a UFO. So I can totally, I'm totally not surprised to hear that some of the UFOs were actually just balloons. Listen, the people just want to believe. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. (laughs) Welcome to Millennial, the home of pretend adulting and real talk. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. So y'all, I find myself in a bit of a conundrum this week. Usually most mornings I get up, I make myself breakfast, and that breakfast usually consists of a couple of eggs. I either make a nice wrap with a tortilla or, you know, a nice slice of toast to have with it. Um, But this morning I used the last two eggs that we had in the fridge. And this is a problem because apparently there's a national egg shortage happening. Um, that may even be impacting people globally. Um, But there are a couple of things that might be contributing to this. You know, first and foremost, the availability. Um, I know people are going to grocery stores and seeing empty shelves when it comes to the egg section. A lot of that, you know, has to do with the cost of transport and supply chain issues, of course. Um, But there are some rising costs involved, as well as an avian flu that contributed to the current eggless situation that we find ourselves in. Wondering if y'all have noticed similar issues in your area. My situation is a little strange. Maybe it's unique. I don't know. Trader Joe's has been completely out of eggs the last two weeks that I've gone in there. Food store, though, perfectly fine. So whoever Trader Joe gets his eggs from is uh, constrained right now. Well, I shop at Costco because, especially for eggs, because usually they're cheaper. And also because eggs have a pretty long shelf life. So if you have the space to store some extra eggs, it's not a bad option to get them from Costco. So all this to say that Costco has had a shortage on the normal grade 
what is it, double A large white eggs, but the free range eggs, um, it hasn't really been an issue to find those. The problem is that the free range eggs are more expensive. It's almost double the price. So that's been eating away at my wallet. And also there is a limit to how many eggs you can buy. So it's two cartons per member. Laura, when you looked at your final two eggs this morning, were you like, no, kind of, but also um, I'm going to share, you know, what some may regard as a poor life choice. I looked at my egg carton just to check the expiration date and saw that the expiration date was two days ago. And I was like, eh, that's close enough. They're probably fine. So am I going to die? No, no, no. You'll be (laughs) fine. Those expiration dates, they're more like I can hear an email coming in now. It's more like a suggestion. It's more like a little Well, sometimes it's a best buy, which is not necessarily expired. Right. Best buy or or purchase buy. They tasted fine. Okay, good. Well, if you throw up (laughs) mid-show, we'll know why. You didn't die is what I heard. So. <laughs> not dead yet. Pam, I'm so glad that you brought up um, pricing is an issue. Um, I think for most people, the national average is that a carton of eggs, 12 eggs costs around $4. Um, but in most areas right now, the cheap eggs are selling out because of the availability issue, leaving only those seven or eight dollar a carton organic or free range or cage free eggs that just are going to be a little bit tough on your wallet. So I definitely feel everyone's pain. My grocery store kind of like Andrew was saying is not having any availability issues, but the eggs are more expensive. Because it's those higher end eggs. Yeah. Or the ones with chickens that are treated better. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I will say, so the avian flu angle is very scary. I mean, tens of yeah. millions of birds were wiped out with this avian flu. And then, of course, once you lose those birds, you have to raise new ones, which is going to take months and months. So it's a very, takes a while to fix this situation. Yeah, they they had to call infected flocks and it resulted in around 44 million laying hens being um depopulated is the <laughs> word that this new york times what article nice words uses. you and the new york times are that's a great great word for murdered You're right tens of millions of chickens were actually murdered murdered <laughs> but hey you got to do it it's sad but Yeah, 100%. I mean, it definitely it it is a little bit unsettling, I think, for those of us who are watching The Last of Us right now, because our, yeah, you know, (laughs) our timelines and well, with our alien talk coming up later today, too, it's going to be a spooky episode of the show. It is. I didn't even realize I didn't make the connection there. Mm. Okay. Anyone desperate enough yet to uh, raise their own chickens? No. I think about that on a normal year. <laughs> Do you? Why? But the th- here's the thing. Because, like, you could save money that way. But also, I <laughs> I did have a, like, my grandpa one day showed up with, like, a, a pet chicken for me at my house when I was younger. So that's part of, like, Pam lore. <laughs> and I could testify to the fact that they're really messy and they're really hard to keep. So I wouldn't recommend it unless you kind of, like, know what you're getting into. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I, I mean, 
it's just, I don't know. I know a lot of people that have chickens and you definitely need to to think through that if that's something that you're interested in doing. But on the other hand, at some point you'll end up with more eggs than you know what to do with. So great for your family and friends. Yeah. New side hustle. Your friends have these chickens or these people you know have these chickens just because they want to get their own eggs or what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but they've had the people that I know that have chickens have had them for years. So it's not anything new. Uh But yeah, I mean, part of it is just because it's, you know, they can just get the eggs from the chickens. And I think I know like one family friend specifically, I think they have three hens. So they're looking about like at like about like three to six eggs a day per hen, which is a lot of eggs. So do you go over there in the dark of the night and steal the eggs? They're, they live too far away or I would ask them if I could oh. you know, grab them. But it's kind of like weird because I, I don't really know how like pasteurization works. I really shouldn't be talking more about this than like maybe this last comment. But I, I've heard from these people that they last longer, like fresh laid eggs last longer if you keep them at room temperature. So I think that's the other thing, too, is that you kind of have to keep them on your uh, kitchen counter. And some people just don't have the space for that. Egg hacks. And then they're good for like two weeks or something like that. And then they start kind of going bad. So honestly, outside of the United States, a lot of countries do not refrigerate their eggs. Like when you go into supermarkets, the eggs are just out and people don't refrigerate them in their homes. I think that might be a uniquely American thing that we do here. I guess us dumb Americans just assume because it's a dairy product and everything else gets refrigerated, mm-hmm. eggs should be too. But we refrigerate a lot of stuff that like, I, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff that gets re- some people refrigerate and like some people don't. Like, do you guys refrigerate your bread? No, I know people who do though. We have frozen bread if we want to use it like mm-hmm. weeks or months later. Or like some, I know some people that don't refrigerate their mustard, for example. I don't think mm, growing up we refrigerated mustard. Yeah. So it's interesting. But normally it says like refrigerate after opening. So that's why I don't, I can't speak to the mustard, but. Right. Yeah. To me, most cond- condiments should be refrigerated, except for hot sauce. I don't feel like hot sauce belongs in the fridge. It belongs in your bag. Swag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that cool. The Cholula just sits out. We do not refrigerate that. Okay. Sarah in the Discord is also saying that um, commercial eggs need refrigeration, but that any eggs they've gotten from family or friends on the counter. So I guess that's the thing. Which is weird because the commercial eggs you would think are more processed in some way and thus would not require refrigeration, whereas the quote unquote raw eggs would need it because they're less processed. So Liza is saying they clean them, which takes off a coating that would naturally preserve eggs. That's interesting. Oh, wow. Why do they take See, the coating off? This is why off? Discord is so great. Is like I don't know, but look, ugly? people are informing us in real time, and I think that's really cool. <laughs> now I'm imagining the eggs are like sticky and stuff. No, they're not. I'm imagining it like, you know how teeth have enamel and yeah. like some people like lose their enamel. I'm assuming that it's the same or similar for eggs. Where it's like you can damage the egg more if the oh, coating is off. Okay. The washing process they go through, Riley's saying. I see. Okay. That makes sense. Well, I wanted to recommend something egg related. I think I mentioned it on the show a year or so ago. I like dabbling in vegetarian and vegan 
restaurants from time to time. And I kept seeing just egg mentioned on like brunch menus. And this is a plant-based egg. I think I did make it a recommendation previously. But the reason I bring it up now is because that hasn't been affected by this egg crisis, obviously. So if it's hard for you to get real eggs right now and you like eggs, now's probably the time to try Just Egg or one of these other ones. I know Trader Joe's actually launched their own Just Egg ripoff. I I think within the last year, I only started seeing it recently. It's not as good as Just Egg. But I do like these and I do really like eating these plant-based alternatives, no matter what food it is. So definitely check that out. And I think, Pam, the last time I brought this up, you had mentioned you might try it because you thought you could use it as a baking alternative for making cookies for your vegan friends. Have you ever actually used it yet? Tried it yet? I haven't, but you know, you've just reminded me. So when I go grocery shopping this weekend, I'll see if my store has it because I'd like to see how it bakes with cookies. And it's probably cheaper right now to make a batch of cookies with an egg alternative than it is to waste a real egg on a batch of cookies. So I'll keep you all posted. And pro tip, if you can't find any just egg, you can use applesauce as an egg substitute. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I've done that before and it is really nice. But usually I I like omit a little bit of sugar because the applesauce kind of has a little sugar. It adds a little bit. That's a good tip. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's move on to some other stories this week. There was an article in the New York Times talking about how classic digital cameras are making a comeback amongst Gen Zers. By classic, I mean like the ones we used to use in, say, 2003, 2004, before smartphones. That was our option. And quoting a couple paragraphs of the report now, on eBay, searches for digital cameras increased by 10% from 2021 to 2022, with searches for specific models seeing even steeper jumps, said a eBay spokeswoman. For example, searches for Nikon Coolpix increased by 90%. And another quote from the article, the digital camera has become popular because it appears more authentic online and not necessarily because it is a break from the internet, said a lifestyle strategist at the trend forecasting company WGSN Insight. Photos taken with digital cameras can impart a layer of personality that most iPhone content doesn't. So this article does also have some new yet old digital camera photos. The photos seem to have a softer look, and the motion can also be a little blurry in the photo. Like somebody had a photo from a concert and it had a cool look to it because the artist was moving in real time. Plus, the photos aren't as high res, which I think can be great if you're trying to hide skin blemishes. I hate that the uh, front-facing camera on the iPhone has gotten better because I used to be able to take that. You can never see... my pores (laughs) and barely my acne. But now I'm like, oh God, I can't use that anymore. I I need one of these uh, face filters from Snapchat. You see everything. (laughs) And your photos also stand out. And the article notes this because the digital camera photos do just look unique overall compared to a 2022 iPhone photo. I think that this is their Polaroid camera because when, you know, a couple of years ago that Fujifilm launched the Instax mini Polaroid camera and that was all the rage. Um, I was going to wait to do this later, but I will say that like if you're um, if you just like the look of Polaroids and you think that that would be something cool to have, you haven't gotten one uh, your hands on one yet. I would recommend looking into 
um, the smartphone printer that Instax makes, because that's what I have. And it's really great because you just um, put the photo that you want to print onto the app that comes with the printer, and then it prints out any photo you want with Polaroid film. So that's really fun. I don't know if there's an alternative for like digital camera photos that is launched yet, although I'm sure there is because they're pretty popular right now. So I wouldn't see why somebody would get on that. I think there is something that's existed like that for a while now, actually. Mm-hmm. I've always been tempted to get one because I have a DSLR camera that I use when I'm out in nature. Because that camera, even though the iPhone cameras are very, very good, that camera still does way better in uh, nature in particular, I think, when you're trying to take those like big shots, especially if you want to blow them up. I also love this because what I hate about the iPhone camera is that if this is the one device you're bringing around, let's say you go to your go to a party. Okay, that's great. But you bring out the phone to take a picture and the damn notifications are on the screen and it's taking you out of the moment. You're getting distracted. You might be getting stressed out. If you see a text there, that's really annoying you. This helps people when they're in social events truly shut off from the internet world and just stay in the moment. I just think it's funny how every generation has these hallmark items that are just dead ringers for being a member of that generation and then seeing the next generation adopt it and really embrace it. I think that a lot of times it makes people feel old. Not me. I think it's great. I love that the technology still works. It's really a testament to it. Um, And it makes me wonder if there's going to be any attempts or efforts to try and revive the digital camera market Yeah, I guess in response to this? I guess time will tell. Like, is this just a passing fad for Gen Z? Are they just going to enjoy these for a year or two? Because they don't want to bring back these cameras and then the cameras fall out of favor with Gen Z again. You know, maybe they get tired of carrying around the separate device. That would be my hesitation in 2023. Like, I don't want to carry around a separate device. I yeah. love having just my phone. I don't even have keys anymore. It's just my phone and, well, my wallet, but that just snaps onto the back of my phone. So it feels like I'm only leaving the house with one thing. A separate camera, eh, I only do it when I want to take photos like out and about in, in nature. The thing with Polaroid and what are those cameras, Pam? The cool pics? Is that what they're called? The Instax. Instax. The Instax Mini, yeah. Polaroid in 2008 halted production of Polaroid cameras, the ones that we know and love from the 90s. But people still wanted to use them, just like Gen Z is using digital cameras today. So Fujifilm took up the mantle and created those Instax cameras. And now those are the things that everybody uses. But it took, I think, a few years of like this persistent interest in the Polaroid cameras for Fujifilm to be like, well, fuck, we'll take up the mantle that Polaroid just put down. So I don't know. I would, I would, but the other thing is, Laura, like they'd have to make the photo quality shitty on the digital cameras, you know? And can they even do that? Can they? That's what I was going to say too, because obviously you can still go to Best Buy right now and buy a point and shoot digital camera. So not a DSLR, which is what you were talking about. Um, But it's not going to, it's obviously going to have better quality because the technology is better than it was even back in like 2012. Right. And then the question is, can they even get those older parts? But I guess they could just put filter. They could (laughs) use like a brand new camera, like say Panasonic could, then just use 
the system within to downgrade the picture quality. Yeah. I'm sure there's an app that already exists. Yeah, it's called Instagram. That... <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Well, that too, but like that that is like meant to mimic digital camera photos. I think that like um well, and obviously like this is not the digital camera is a little bit different because you can buy um you know, almost an infinite amount of space, like more space than you'll know what to do with. But um, in the case of film, I think that film is alluring sometimes because you know that you only have a certain amount of space. Mm. So you you kind of feel inclined to make sure that you're taking quality photos. Yeah. You know, or that you're, you're picking and choosing when you're going to snap a photo. On the app front, I don't know the name of the app offhand. But I've seen people use an app that will remember with old film camera photos, it would put the date and time like in the corner yeah. of the photo. Mm-hmm. There's an app that does that. So there are some apps out there, but I think people, again, you combine like the look with putting the phone down. And that's why people want to buy these cameras. Speaking of um, Instagram, we used to filter the hell out of our photos on Instagram. God, yes. My first probably five or six, I don't post on Instagram that often. So five or six photos for me probably encapsulated like a year, a year and a half of time filtered to death for no good reason. Just because it was the cool thing to do. Exactly. And that was part of the experience, right? Like sitting there with your friend's trying to decide for like an hour way too long what filter you were going to use on Instagram. <laughs> I don't even touch filters anymore on Instagram, oh, the built-in ones. Honestly, anyway. like selfishly, I'm kind of glad that filters are not a thing anymore because I feel yeah. like I always got the shaft with filters being somebody that is like, it's I'm obviously on like a lighter shade of person of color, but some of those filters did not do me any justice oh, at all. Yeah, they never programmed Because they're just really not for... made for different skin tones. Yeah. yeah, this has been a real problem with smartphone cameras as well. Yeah. The thing that cracks me up about filters on Instagram photos in the early days is that we filtered the hell out of them. But then, like, I don't know why we weren't thinking at the time, won't I want to look at this photo 10, 15, 20 years from now and actually see what's in the photo? If you look, I linked a few um, of my first few Instagram photos here. These aren't too bad. But all three of them have a border. You could pick a border from Instagram. And they just, they're very soft. Maybe that's in part because the camera was shitty. You see this one concert I was at? Do you know who that is? Can you tell through the filter? (laughs) Is that a Jonas Brother? I really can't tell. Similar genre. (laughs) Pam, you take a crack at it. (laughs) Well, I can see your hashtag here. It's Justin Bieber. Damn it. I wasn't even reading that. <laughs> but you know what? Now that I've seen the hashtag, it does like I, I recognize the classic all white on white look that he used to rock back in the yeah, day. Yeah, that was 2010. That's so funny. I didn't know that you went to a Justin Bieber concert. <laughs> my friend who uh, my friend wanted to go. And that's a true story. It was not me who who decided to go. Um, but yeah, look at my hashtags too. hashtag Bieber fever hashtag I'm a believer. And I don't think I meant those in a sarcastic way. But anyway, you filtered the photo. Maybe I want to look at this, you know, 15 years later and be like, oh, that was cool. Well, the thing is, too, is like I was not taking photos with Instagram 
You know what I mean? Like I was definitely taking photos with my phone and then uploading them to Instagram, which is fine. Yeah. But I just wish I wasn't dumb enough to delete the originals. Like there's so many original photos that I can't find because I, I decided in the moment that the filtered one is the one I should keep. Right. And you can't get those back. Have any of us ever been that person who would always suggest to take a photo no. at like a social event? Yeah, I'm bad at that, too. I don't even know that I would say I'm bad at it. I just don't want to. Yes. That's the thing. Like, anytime I'm at an event, and I don't begrudge people for this, just to be clear, there's nothing wrong with it. But if somebody's like, oh, let's take a pic, I'm immediately filled with dread because I'm like, uh, like now it's going to be either a big group picture and, you know, I have to make sure I don't look crazy in the group picture. Everybody, when they look at it to decide if it's cute enough, they're only going to look at themselves to see if they look good. <laughs> and if they think they look good, then the photo's fine. Um, or if it's just a day where I'm just like not feeling it for whatever reason, I don't want to be photographed. So usually I'm just not not a big fan of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I don't because when I I'm, I don't want to be like, let's take a photo. And then I look at it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I'm with you guys as well. But oh, we're I'm horrible trying, people. I'm to be trying around. to be better about taking pictures um, because I I think that like in the moment you never really want to. But then after there's like sometimes a small semblance of regret, depending on like who you were with and like what you were doing. Right. Yeah, you it's, know? That's true. Yeah. But. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, also, I think, I don't know about you guys, but even just taking photos of things, I made a conscious effort a few years ago to, to try and be more present in the moment instead of just taking my phone out to take photos of things. So I've scaled back a lot more on that front too. And it just kind of like trickles over everywhere else. And so now I'm in a position where I'm just thinking like, I should, there has to be like a happy medium where you can just take a photo of something that you like and then be pleased with that and not feel guilty about it or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pam and Pat forgot to take a photo the first time they met because they were in the moment. Oh, yeah, we did. And Pat was like, we forgot. I'm like, really? You forgot? But yeah, they forgot. Laura and I forgot, too. Yeah, we mm. forgot. Really? But you Pat forgot? and I took a picture the second time. Yes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I take a picture this time. I mean, huh. honestly, that just goes <laughs> to show that, you know, we and then you and Pat, we were enjoying each other's company. We were living in the moment. Yes. He said that, too. He was like, we were talking nonstop. Yeah. So we just didn't think of it. Yeah. I don't think. Both times Pat and I have hung out, we've stayed out like way later than I think the both of us thought we were going to stay out. So I think like that you kids. probably makes sense i know the last time andrew called and he's like you're not in bed yet and he's like no Pam and I are having ice cream no 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 i called because that's funny it was so funny. we should have brought this story up on air actually <laughs> i grew concerned that i hadn't heard from pat for like hours and hours and yeah i called i was like <laughs> what's up because i i stole your boyfriend for the night <laughs> i was like he's dead this is it i just i always assume that somebody's dead when i don't hear from them for you know x amount of we time were, no we were in like the safest suburban town of san francisco having salt and straw <laughs> lovely delightful the one exception i i am cognizant about taking photos with my sweet angel baby nephews because those those are moments you'll never get back right yeah. when they're two three four five 
life. So like this past Christmas, I was adamant about, and of course I don't care what they look like and they don't care what they look like. So I'll take a photo, even if I don't want to post it, it's nice for me to have myself. That's like the one area where I'll be like, I'm going to take a photo. But otherwise, normally like my parents are really good about it too. Like if we go to my grandparents or something, I don't even have to ask. They just do it. They're in autopilot mode with that type of thing. So I, in terms of pictures I take, it's mostly my dog. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If you open up my camera roll, it's just a million pictures of Canela. Right. (laughs) And nothing else. Fuck humans. (laughs) Fuck friends. Really? It's a dog I want to remember. But that, I mean, I, I hate to be like, you know, that person, but I think that that's also, you might never get that back. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? True. Like, exactly. I look at, when I was looking at older pictures for this segment too, I didn't realize like, I mean, Jasper's an old man now and I know this, but I didn't realize like how much he had changed Yeah, until I was looking at pictures of him when he was like a puppy. Well, speaking of the old photos, I thought what we could do is each of us find a photo taken with a digital camera back in the old days. And I have a really embarrassing one that I will share first. I'm going to pop this in the Discord and we can post these on social, I guess, if you two are comfortable. I'm not comfortable with posting this, but I know it'll do well. <laughs> so, <sighs> okay. So, I'm fine with it. <laughs> here's a photo. <laughs> Oh, baby Andrew. I took this photo in March 2005. I'm clutching my Mac Mini and kissing it. And I'm acting like I was caught by like a stranger. (laughs) (laughs) It's so lame. Oh, you're such a baby. The wide eyes. Oh, my God. Camille (laughs) said new screensaver alert. Uh, No. Wow. That is an honor, Andrew. (laughs) Deleting in three, two, one. I'm in my parents' basement. (laughs) You could see children's toys behind us. But yeah, I don't know why I decided to take photos. There's several of these. Of course, it's hard enough to share one, so I'll just stick with that. But um, yeah, so what's also cool, though, about digital camera photos is I can look at the info panel on this photo and I can see what camera it was taken on. It was taken on a Kodak DX3600 digital camera. And I looked at these on eBay. I can get my old camera for 15 bucks. And it had a dock too, which I thought was so cool. You pop it in the dock, you press the button on the dock, and it automatically transferred the photos to your Windows 95 computer. It was the best. I don't think I can actually see what camera mine was taken on because I had to go get it off Facebook. Oh, okay. (laughs) But um, I'll go ahead and throw it in here. Um, This is a great representation of how, you know, early digital cameras just made everything look blurry (laughs) as fuck sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Describe Um, the photo, Laura. Yeah, I was uh I was in Costa Rica. I think this is when I was still studying abroad actually. And um we were out having beers and a friend of mine was being very camera happy um at the bar and I just had enough. So when she pointed it at me, I flipped her the bird. <laughs> and I picture her taking this photo very quickly because it is blurry, so it just didn't yep. have a moment to focus. And Chloe, please don't crop in on these photos. Leave them exactly as they are. <laughs> yeah. That's the fun, half you the fun. You have to capture the aesthetic. <laughs> I think, like, looking at this, I think I have a mouthful of beer. 
Just like yeah. the way that my lips are pursed. Yeah, and there's two beers in front of you here on the table. Well, one's far away from you. Laura wasn't double fisting as far as I can tell. I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. All right, Pam, your turn. Well, mine's not very fun, like in the sense that y'all's are fun, but I picked it because I was just kind of looking for something that really kind of captured that um, that look that I think is making digital camera is so popular right now. I'm just stalling for time while I pull it up because <laughs> here you go. And hopefully it fits because a lot of these pictures were like, I felt like they were going to be too large for Discord. Um, too large. So anyway, this is, yeah, because Discord oh. has like a uh, like a minimum. This is just like a Disneyland picture from like, I think it must have been like 2009. But you can definitely tell to your point about how everything is like all blurry that like it all looks really like blurry and fuzzy and stuff like it's that. It's softer. The flash yeah. was like washing out the trees. Exactly. This is mm-hmm. like anytime you took a nighttime picture. And then I have like brown eyes anyway, but I swear to God, I always like come out with like the in half the nighttime digital camera photos. I have red eye. Same. Because oh. yeah. Yeah. That was another big thing too, is like the red eye in all the pictures. We used to my friends and I used to call it like the demon eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and some cameras had a red eye button on them, right? That could take care of that. I think. Yeah, yeah. You could like alter them right on the camera, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So high tech. Now we don't even think about that anymore. It's just like I don't even I don't know why. Does it do it in software anyway? Take out the red eye? I wonder maybe just because it's not film. I actually, uh, speaking of the Polaroids, when I was at a wedding, actually, one of our listeners, Rachel, married uh, her now husband, Nick, in Florida a couple weeks ago. They had at the wedding, they had a Fujifilm Instax camera that everybody could use at the wedding. And it was fun because it's like the Polaroid concept is has just always been fun. You take the photo, it spits it out, you shake it. Then you look at the photo. You're like, we all look nuts. It's just so it's like such a fun party activity. Polaroids also, they have aged like fine wine, just like vinyls. Like those are two things you still want to put on your wall and they look great even in the year 2023. Yeah, I have a Polaroid wall behind my desk. Like that's what I look at when I'm at my desk. Yeah. And I really like it a lot. Something I want to do this year. I mentioned I have this DSLR. I take a lot of pictures out in nature. I want to start printing the damn fucking photos and I want to do a big collage wall with all the stuff I've done over the past, I don't know, five, six years. And then some iPhone photos too. But it's just one of those things like you got to really sit down and do it. And I've yet to do that. Anyway, good job, Gen Z, with the digital cameras. Keep it up. Keep it up long enough. Maybe Fujifilm or one of these other companies will actually bring back the camera somehow with that old school look and a red eye setting. All right, y'all, before we move on to our next story, I have a New Year's resolution for you that's actually easy to keep. This is the year to finally stop wearing uncomfortable bras. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Honey Love has revolutionized the bra game so you no longer have to deal with uncomfortable underwire without sacrificing support. You'll immediately feel and see the difference. Their bras are so comfortable, you won't want to take it off. We'll also note here that Honey Love also sells shapewear that is 
equally comfortable and so amazing when you think about all of the times that you have worn uncomfortable shapewear over the years that honestly makes you feel like you're suffocating. But Pam, you recently received Honey Love's bra. Yeah, uh, this bra, they're not joking around, y'all. It's super comfortable. I love that you can easily adjust the straps so you can wear it like a traditional bra, but you can also wear it as a cross fit bra. So it crisscrosses on the back, which is really nice. But it's super breathable, super soft. There's no underwire, which is so nice because it's not digging into your flesh, which I know anybody that's ever worn a bra before can attest to the fact that it gets really uncomfortable after a while. And it's got removable padding. So if you want to nix the cups, you can do that. I just love that it's uh, so customizable. And like I said, it's super soft and really breathable. So it checks a lot of boxes that I would highly recommend checking it out. Yeah, that is so great to hear because particularly, you know, in a post-pandemic world, I know I've gotten to the point where I no longer desire to wear bras with underwire in them. Um, So now that I've graduated to this point in my life where I'm seeking, you know, comfortable and attractive shapewear, Honey Love seems like it checks all the boxes. Yeah, definitely. I know that I have definitely transitioned into like my bralette phase as a result of working from home in the pandemic. It's really nice to have, (laughs) uh, you know, something like a Honey Love bra because it does make you feel a little bit more put together. You get a lot more support than something that's a lot less, a lot more flimsy. And like I said, it really just feels really comfortable to wear. So Treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com with the code M-I-L-L. Use code M-I-L-L at honeylove.com. Cinched, snatched, and lifted. It's hot girl season thanks to Honey Love. All right. Well, um, getting into our next story here, Andrew, I'm going to put you in the hot seat right now. You made... A prediction for 2023 that turns out to have been fairly on point? Yeah, more like the brag seat. Do you want to revisit that with us? Yeah, only about a month ago when we were doing our 2023 predictions, I had predicted out of left field that there will be a UFO sighting the likes of which we've never seen before. And here we are a month later with not exactly that, but a very interesting report. Yeah, so the U.S. National Intelligence Office um, has reported that they're now aware of 510 reported UFO sightings, which is an increase over the 144 compiled in the agency's first 2021 assessment. Now, I will note here, this is a very flashy headline. So this is a BBC article, but you can find multiple outlets reporting on this. Um, Nearly half of the new sightings were deemed, quote, unremarkable and attributed to human origins. Um, So to get a little bit deeper into that, of the 366 new reports, 26 were determined to be drones. Andrew, that was Yours probably contributed to that. You're you're near Area 51. Oops. 163 were balloons. And six aerial objects were attributed to clutter, which I suppose can be air debris or pollution, things like that. 
to uh, focus on balloons for a second, somebody who like kind of believes in UFOs sent me a TikTok from Vegas last week being like, look at this UFO. Can you explain this? And they believed it. I look at it. Within a second of me looking at it, I knew it was a balloon. It was just so obvious to me, maybe because it was from one of the, I could tell it was from one of these new construction developments. And when they have these new construction developments, y'all may have seen this before, they put up a balloon so you can see it from far away. That was clearly what this was. But this person and this TikTok, because of course, when you pretend it's an actual UFO, this TikTok was buying into the idea that it's a real UFO. Like, I, this is why I can't stand TikTok sometimes. People are just maybe purposely misleading for the views, or it's just another reminder that misinformation is running rampant. It was not a UFO. So I can totally, I'm totally not surprised to hear that some of the UFOs were actually just balloons. Listen, the people just want to believe. Yeah, Andrew. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> There have also been I don't know if you were if you were still around, Andrew, but there were uh, there have been a couple of cases in the L.A. area where there's like bright flashes of light in the sky. Do you remember <laughs> these? They Maybe. always go viral on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Where it just looks like some bright light streaking across the sky. And then the government has to be like, oh, we were just testing something. But then everyone's like, but were you really? Or is this just a cover? <laughs> There's a lot of dreamers in LA, especially. It's like, oh man, they're high. They're like, oh, whoa, what was that? I can't believe it. <laughs> they want to brag about how cool LA is. So they're like, wow, I saw a UFO. Well, although a lot of these new reports have been found to be human caused 171 of the encounters still remain unexplained but the interesting thing about this is that this report was issued in part to help destigmatize experiences with ufos and improve air safety which is an interesting point Um, they say that increased reports of encounters are you know, indeed the result of a concentrated effort to destigmatize the topic of, they call them UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenons. Apparently that's the new acronym for UFO, but I'm still going to say UFO. Um, But use that to instead recognize the potential risks that it poses as both a safety of flight hazard and, you know, potential adversarial activity, which is not at all um, a little bit daunting to hear from a government agency, but we'll leave that there. They also noted that some of these unexplained encounters demonstrated unusual flight characteristics or performance capabilities, um, which feels really vague, but I've heard this described before. Um, It's essentially a flying object that is moving in a way that can't really be explained by physics as we know it here. Um, And then, you know, as a final note here, the Undersecretary of Defense at the Pentagon added that they have not seen anything that would lead them to believe that any of the objects that they have seen are of alien origin. But I kind of think he just has to say that. Laura's a believer. (laughs) She believes that aliens- I am a believer. Yeah. I am a believer. I'm glad you said that because- And I'm a believer. Hashtag, I'm a believer. (laughs) Really are two kinds of people in this world. (laughs) 
<laughs> I have to ask, can we do like a listener poll? What's more embarrassing, being a believer or being a believer? Great question. But I mean, I think it depends on the year we're in, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I should have ever been a believer. Well, I'm glad that you brought up um, me being a believer. Later on this year, we've actually chatted about it. We want to try and get an expert on the panel to talk about the likelihood of alien life being out there. But today, we kind of just want to be unhinged and share our decidedly unexpert opinions on the topic. So to kick it off, I want to ask y'all, do we believe in extraterrestrial life? Yes. Yes. I do, oh, so even we're though all believers. I joke around. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not as extreme as like some people just want to think about it all the time. I don't care to think about it. Like, I don't think we'll ever see uh, aliens in our lifetime or, or really hear about them. So it doesn't really matter to me. But I can't ignore the fact that we are one planet in a very, 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 very large universe. And there just seems like there's other beings out there who can communicate amongst themselves, walk or move or fly around, think for themselves, build things. You know, is it going to be just like, are they going to be just like us? Probably not at all. But there's there's got to be something else out there. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that the odds that it's just us spinning out there in space on our own is it feels very unlikely. I also feel like it's very unlikely that, you know, like there's just like one universe, you know, that's another mm-hmm. hot topic of debate. Like this is all we have, but it just, I don't know. Sometimes you, even if you just look at like, even like pictures coming from telescopes and stuff like that, the, the world beyond the confines of this planet is so vast it just yeah. doesn't make sense that that it would that this would be it. But I understand not wanting to think about that because it makes you feel very inconsequential and it probably cues oh. a lot of existential dread in a lot of people. I was just going to ask you too, does this stuff keep you up at night? It doesn't keep me up at night, but does it freak you out? No. Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes a little bit. It's because like I think that like I think that like a very common question that people often contemplate is like why are we here and i think it's a lot easier to contemplate that when you start thinking about like not only how vast the world is but how vast space is yeah yeah and especially and i don't mean to freak anyone out here but our universe is ever expanding Mm -hmm. it's not this static thing it is constantly growing and that opens up a whole other series of considerations when it comes to what are the possibilities of alien life. So yeah, I'm right there with y'all. I agree that it's arrogant to think that in this whole wide universe of ours, right? Because Pam brought up the great point about, you know, there being multiple universes to think that we're the only life is a little bit arrogant. (laughs) Um, And, you know, there are people who have opinions about is the life that's out there, is it intelligent life? Is it bacterial life? Those things. I don't really know the answer to that, but I think it's definitely out there. Getting back to how big the universe is, I think there has to be intelligent life out there that, like I was saying earlier, 
can walk, can communicate, can move in some way. Probably intelligent enough to stay away because yeah. we're not doing a very good job of keeping this planet that's, safe. So. Yeah, that's what stresses me out because if they can make it here, <laughs> they could probably kick our ass. Because we, of course, are very, very... If they can make it here, they're probably already here. <sighs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I guess. I think that's what keeps people up at night. I yeah. just... Like, I also feel like... Know. And this bums me out. If they make... Let's say they make it down, you know, like a Jesus-type moment. They float down from the sky. Millions of people see it. It's not in secrecy at all. If they come to Earth, I know that we will fuck it up. <laughs> and I'm going to blame conservatives. <laughs> I know conservatives are going to flip out and be like, we need to murder whatever the fuck that is right now before it takes over the world. The Democrats, the liberals, they're going to say build the wall, but the wall is going to be around the entire earth. Yeah, exactly. The liberals are going to be like, hey, man, peace and love. Let's let's learn more about this alien. Wow, this is cool. Conservatives are going to be like, oh, my God, no, we can't stand it. We can't handle M&Ms and we can't handle this life form that just made it down to earth. So that definitely answers my question about would humanity band together in the face of a potential adversary? Um, or would this just become like the movie Don't Look Up? <laughs> and I think you just answered that question for me, Andrew. Um, I want to rewind here a little bit, though, and ask y'all, okay, so we all believe that some kind of alien life exists. Has anyone here ever seen something that we suspected to be a UFO? I will say, and this may surprise some people, I have not. <laughs> uh I don't think so. I've seen my share of shooting stars, but no, I don't I don't not that I can remember right now. Whenever I see something moving moving through the sky, I'm just like, oh, it's a plane. That I'm I'm never like, oh my God, I can't compute what that might be. Yeah, same here. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything that seems out of the ordinary. But the thing is I've I've mostly only lived in um big cities. So like even shooting stars are not common yeah you know mm -hmm. because of the ambient light there are a ton of conspiracy theories about various locations throughout the world we can focus on the u.s and think about area 51 andrew that's like your backyard so yeah it's pretty close i was looking on google maps <laughs> i never actually looked to see how close it's like 84 miles from vegas just north of vegas not easy to get to it looks like it's not like right off the highway like a subway restaurant would be it's pretty far off the beaten path but i decided to look at conspiracy theories on wikipedia just a quick list these are ridiculous to me i can't buy into this stuff like now i see why people are so fascinated with area 51 here's the conspiracy theories Option A, the storage, examination, and reverse engineering of crashed alien spacecraft, <laughs> including materials supposedly recovered at Roswell, the study of their occupants, and the manufacturer of aircraft based on alien technology. That's just one theory. B, meetings or joint undertakings with extraterrestrials. So people think we're hanging out with aliens at Area 51 <laughs> just for a meeting about, you know, like an HOA meeting, but it's about the universe. <laughs> um, C, the development of exotic energy weapons for the Strategic Defense Initiative or other weapons programs. Okay. That seems likely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> D, this one cracks me up too. The development of weather control so we can control the weather. <laughs> 
E, the development of time travel and teleportation technology. <laughs> I mean, this is the one that I want it to be, but I know it's not, you know, because that would be kind of cool. And then a couple others, but I mean, those are the 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 funniest ones. I thought I just can't, it cracked me up that these are all Wikipedia, as if these are real things. I mean, they're conspiracy theories, but real. I hope I'm wrong. I hope one of these. But, is I mean, true. are you even surprised? A couple of years ago, there were a bunch of people that showed up because they said they were going to storm Area 51. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember. That's that. in recent history. That was great. <laughs> and I think a federal agent was like, "Yeah, you want to try?" come fuck with us see what happens <laughs> i think they were a little bit nervous because of the sheer amount of people who said they were going to show up i don't think it ended up being as many as rsvp no but. no classic facebook event people say they're coming and then they don't well i mean the aliens don't presumably don't have access to facebook to let us know when they're coming but i wanted <laughs> to ask you guys um we chatted a little bit about have aliens visited earth do we think that's likely? And as a follow-up question, would the government actually disclose if they did? I don't think the government would unless people saw. But that's the other thing. It's like we just assume that aliens are going to come down in secret. Like, sure, I guess they could be invisible. But then who discovers the aliens? Are the aliens going to know to go to the White House and be like, hey, we're here. Can we have a chat? You know, like, how do they get in secretly without that getting out? That's that's what I don't buy or understand. I know there are some theories that, and I mean, again, theories, very, uh, very loose interpretation of that. But there are some who think that aliens might, if they have been here, be using our oceans okay. to hide, which does make a certain amount of sense. The vast majority of the Earth is covered with ocean. And if you were to find a spot that was particularly remote, nobody would know. Um, so that's, you know, one possibility. Okay. To that point, I will say that there's so much of deep, like the deep, dark ocean that we have not explored yet. That's where like the creepiest stuff. I don't know if you guys ever get sucked into like oh, the yeah. discoveries that scientists make from like the depths of the ocean floor. That shit is terrifying. Yeah. Prehistoric fucking nightmare fish. Demon. <laughs> yes. That still exists. Exactly. Yes. And they're Awful. all just chilling down there and we don't even know. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think oceans are scarier because there's so much we don't know. I think we know more about space than we know about our oceans, which is kind of weird. Must be because of the pressure, right? It takes like and the oxygen that it takes to get down there. So Yeah. Well, what would y'all do if we had some um, little green friends visit Earth? What would be y'all's reaction? What would you do? Would you want to meet one? Uh, no. I mean, it <laughs> depends. Is it nice? Is it like E.T. nice? Or like, is it is it trying to kill me? Right. Are they trying to blow us up? Or are they? Are we just like hearing about it on the news and like it's going to be like the mona lisa it's just going to be like a long ass line to meet this alien oh and it's so much smaller in person so it wasn't even worth it after dark discussion today <laughs> i'd be afraid it's like giving off something that like would poison us i'm so glad you mentioned that this is a discussion that mark and i have had more than once when talking <laughs> about aliens shouldn't be shocking um but 
we've talked about, you know, what would be the greatest risk of alien life coming to Earth. And we agreed that the idea of an alien race deciding that they want to invade us and attack us feels less likely. And what feels more likely is the risk of radiation poisoning, because who knows where the hell these things came from, Um, the kinds of bacteria and viruses that they could bring that, you know, none of us have ever had any exposure to. Um, So that that feels like a more realistic consideration. If you think about what what's like the worst case scenario if aliens came to Earth. But that's like from our stoner talks. So yeah, and I just I did want to bring out that none of us are currently high as we record right now. No, as far as no, I'm aware. not at all. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm delirious, but I'm not <laughs> high. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my prediction still active, of course. I, I think there will be one UFO sighting this year, the likes of which we have never seen. All these in this report from US troops is just kind of like teeing us up for the big one. So stay tuned, everybody, and sleep well. We are going to have a little mini hype here on the show in a moment. But first, just wanted to remind everybody that we've got a new tier on our Patreon. We are looking to be less dependent on advertisers beginning this year. And our patrons have always been there for us. We love y'all. So we want to grow that relationship with this new tier and in turn offer new benefits. The executive producer tier includes all the other benefits on our Patreon, plus a couple of new ones. So you get live access to our planning meetings via a new Discord channel. We're doing, uh, we're offering live access twice a month, including this Friday. You will also be able to hear these after if you can't make it live. The first one is available now, and we post these right after we host the event, so you don't have to wait long if you can't make it live. You'll also receive a personalized video thank you message from one of the three of us. And then later in winter, there's going to be an area where you can pitch your own ideas whenever you want. So this tier is $20 a month. You can pledge or upgrade your pledge today to receive every exclusive benefit that we have to offer. We're very grateful for any tier you are able to pledge at. And remember, we have lots of other benefits, including After Dark. If you're at the $10 level, you get a new physical gift every year. We did two gifts in 2022. One of them was technically from 2021. We did this awesome water bottle and an awesome adulting planner. And we love seeing people use both of those, by the way. So thanks to everybody who shares those. So check it all out. We very much appreciate your support. Patreon.com slash millennial. Now, Pam, while we hop into a uh, mini hype, and I call it that because you used to do, for anybody who doesn't know, an entertainment podcast called Hype. Yeah, so we have a couple of uh, quick hit pop culture stories that we wanted to touch on, uh, some of which we have covered in the past on the show in varying degrees. So first up, we wanted to let you all know, in case you missed it, that prosecutors in New Mexico have announced that Alec Baldwin will be charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter. This is, of course, as a result of the onset death of the cinematographer on Rust, whose name was um, Helena Hutchins. And Hutchins died in October of 2021 on the set of the movie after Baldwin, 
who's also a producer on the movie, fired a prop gun that shot and killed her. This was a horrific story. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah, it was really bad. In addition to Baldwin, the movie's armorer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, is also going to be charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter. And the charges against both Reed and Baldwin carry a maximum sentence of 18 months of jail if they're found to be guilty. Um, but in addition to this, they're also going to be charged with an enhancement for use of a firearm. And this is the part that's kind of potentially scary for them. Uh, this actually carries a mandatory minimum uh, sentence of five years if they are found guilty of this. So they could be facing potentially a lot of jail time. David Hall, who was the first assistant director on Rust as well, has signed a plea agreement for the charge of negligent use of a deadly weapon. Uh, he is the person who handed Baldwin the gun and assured him that it was cold, meaning that it was not loaded with viable ammunition. Uh, so he'll be seeing six months of probation, but serve no jail time. So that's where we are there. No pun intended, but the jury's still out as to what happens now. But this is uh, where the story is so far. First of all, the story is just so sad all around. I don't think Alec Baldwin should serve any time for this. He did not know live ammo was in that gun. That is not his job as an actor. Now, I was also reading that he's being charged as a producer or executive producer because he was. But people on these sets have different roles to play. Alec Baldwin's role was not to make sure that the gun had real ammo in it that could kill somebody. It wasn't his fault. This is a really tragic accident. I can't imagine how he's feeling. He because he did pull the trigger technically. Yeah. But it wasn't his fault. That there was live ammo in that gun. So, yeah, I think it's really a tough case because there are also arguments being made about um, safety on the set of this film in general. And, you know, Baldwin being an executive producer on the film, some argue that the buck for that kind of thing should stop with him. Um, and that there were corners cut when it came to costs um, around keeping the set safe and secure. I honestly don't know enough about what each of those circumstances are to speak to it and try to give some kind of opinion on it. But I know that there's, it seems like there's a lot of room for nuance in this case. Um, I absolutely agree that it was clearly a, a horrible, tragic accident and I don't know that the right answer to, you know, a horrible, tragic accident is to put someone in jail for it. I think it just depends on the circumstances. And hopefully over the course of this trial, we'll get more information about what those were. Your points are good. Yeah. To to your point, Laura, as well, it's not just that he was like a, a leading actor on a small budget film. Alec Baldwin is a huge star with a lot of star power on any film set that he's on. So I think that that's really left a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths. Not to say that there was any malicious intent on his part, but when you're talking about how 
filming conditions could be better overall in Hollywood. You guys also have to remember, if you're listening, that this is all going down to when we were seeing a lot of the IATSE strike stuff happening as well. So people were already talking about poor working conditions for casting, mostly for crew members um, on Hollywood film sets. So yeah, it's a tough situation all around. And, you know, he unfortunately for him also did that tell-all interview where he didn't come out looking so hot. You'd probably argue that that was also just like a man who's like severely traumatized. But I, if I were his PR representative, I would not have let him do it. No, that interview that was, that was really dumb. Bad. I didn't even it see was the really whole bad. thing. I just saw clips from it. And it was not something that makes somebody look innocent. Um, it felt like desperation. Yes. It feels like there's no good answer. When things like this happen, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, we'll keep you all posted and we'll see what happens as this moves to trial. Speaking of trial, actor (laughs) Sebastian Croft was under trial by a jury of the Internet who was not pleased uh, over the fact that he is voicing a playable character in the upcoming Hogwarts Legacy video game. So this is obviously like a huge title is about to come out. For anybody that doesn't know who Sebastian Croft is, he recently appeared in Netflix's Heartstopper adaptation. It's also done Game of Thrones, but overall just like a smaller, younger actor. Um, he is the target of backlash from fans who were disappointed that he would choose to work on the project, given J.K. Rowling's very public transphobic remarks in recent years. And I'm sure all of this was also escalated by the fact that he did just star in one of the biggest LGBTQ plus titles to hit screens in a really long time. So, yeah, I think that is a factor at play here. But I feel really bad that he got attacked and he felt the need that he had to he he felt the need to release a statement very quickly after the backlash started. My opinion here is let the poor kid get his coin. He's a young actor who probably needs to take all the gigs that he can get. And his involvement does not imply he approves of what JKR has been saying over the past few years. And by the way, other people aren't getting canceled over their continued involvement in Harry Potter. Lee Jordan who had a role in the Harry Potter movies, is also is also voicing a character in this game. I don't see him getting attacked. Tom Felton, the Phelps twins, they have active roles in terms of Harry Potter events, even today. They're not getting canceled and attacked. Every actor came back for the reunion on HBO last year. I don't see people freaking out at Dan Radcliffe. I just, he was unfairly attacked. Yes, there's the heartstopper angle, but I still think he was unfairly attacked. And I think he panicked because he saw a lot of people tweeting at him and it stressed him out. And then he felt like he needed to release a statement. It wasn't him who's been transphobic and problematic. So that just really upset me. I, I felt really bad for him. Yeah, well, and you can argue that if we are trying to hold on to our fandom and make it a safe space for everyone to be part of it, then we need people in it who are willing to speak out against J.K. Rowling's views, which clearly he is. And it it does strike me as unfair. He's being hit with a lot more accountability, I think, because of being involved in Heartstopper. People see that and they're like, oh, here's this 
iconic piece of LGBT media that you were part of. How dare you not know better? It's a very, I think, unfair expectation to put on somebody, especially somebody so young, especially when, to your point, Andrew, there are other actors who are continuing to be involved. Yeah. I mean, not that it's the same thing, but we still have a fucking Harry Potter podcast. Right. You know? But like Sebastian, we're speaking out in ways that we are comfortable doing. And we think that by speaking out, it makes more of an impact than riding off into the sunset and y'all never hearing from us again. So I've brought it up before, but everybody just needs to deal with this how they are comfortable. There's no one answer and direction to take. In my opinion, let the kid get his coin. And you want to give us a couple quick hits, Pam? Yeah. So really quickly, um, today the Senate held its hearing for the Ticketmaster debacle. We spoke a lot towards the end of last year about why Ticketmaster could potentially be considered a monopoly as a result of the Taylor Swift Ticketmaster fiasco. So that happened today. There are some crazy highlight reels floating around online if you're interested in checking that out. I don't want to rehash a lot of it because I think a lot of the points that were brought up is stuff that we did actually hit on in our episode. So um, pat on the back for us for kind of hitting the bigger points that I heard being made as part of this hearing. And um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens going forward. This is also, as a reminder, not the first time the uh, Senate has looked into whether or not Ticketmaster has a monopoly, but it's been a while since they did do that. So hopefully this ends up inciting some real change. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to see footage of senators quoting Taylor Swift lyrics... (laughs) I was going to bring that up. There's a ton of it available. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I can just imagine it's pretty cringe. It has it to is be cringe. It is very cringe. <laughs> it is yeah. so But cringe. I think that whoever they made pull relatable lyrics for their talking points should get a raise. Yeah. You know, that's fine. Because somebody had to do I'm that. I'm sure their staff there's had a ball no way doing that. that. Half of them, you know, there are. There's age. no way that half of them knew those uh, references. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like Amy Klobuchar is taking the lead on this thus far. Hopefully she keeps the ball rolling on this. What pissed me off, I read some of the takeaways from it. What pissed me off is that Ticketmaster was like, oh, it was the bots. We couldn't do anything about it. And somebody responded. Somebody on the panel said, you haven't figured out how to deal with the bots yet? What the? And I think that's a valid point. You mm-hmm. how For how long are you going to blame the bots, Ticketmaster? This has been a problem for as long as Ticketmaster's been selling tickets through the internet. Maybe even back right. in the phone days, too, at Kohl's. But, <laughs> but I just, you, they can't keep using that excuse. Move the fuck on and figure it out, bitch. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they really are taking this stance of being the fall guys like, oh, we're th- we're just like the bad guy middleman and we're, we're designed to take the heat off of artists. But, you know, there's fact that proves that to be wrong. And to your point, there is stuff that they could have fixed a long time ago. And I really appreciated, aside from like the Taylor Swift references, I really appreciated that uh, the Senate was really kind of digging in and and forcing them to answer some questions like how many venues do they actually own and stuff like that. 
And then the last little bit of entertainment news we wanted to make you all aware of concerns Netflix for real this time. They are supposedly going to start cracking down on password sharing, which is bad news for many of us. I don't know about any of you, but I definitely split a Netflix account with people outside of my household. And this is what they're looking to crack down on. They announced this as part of a fourth quarter earnings letter that went out last week. So you'll still be able to share an account with multiple profiles, but only if everyone lives within one household when they start rolling this out. And anybody who wants to continue sharing with users outside of the home will be able to do so if they pay an extra fee to keep those profiles. No price has been announced for this. Uh, But this is definitely just a ploy on Netflix's part to get more unique subscribers. And that's what it comes down to. No price announced in the US yet. They have tested this in a few countries. I think it works out to like four or five US dollars. It might be different once it comes to America. There's been a lot of jokes online about, oh, your ex will maybe just because it rhymes, your ex will no longer be able to access your Netflix kind of rhymes. But people seem to really think that um, a lot of exes are hanging on to their exes accounts. I And I just, do people really do that? <laughs> I would fucking kick my ex off. <laughs> I've heard of people who do this. <laughs> it seems I've heard of people who, who just hang out until the account owner eventually boots them. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it does make sense because once you're logged in, you're logged in on your Apple right. TV or wherever else. I know somebody who did this with Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, he stayed on his because he was logged into his uh, girlfriend's Hulu, and after they broke up, he was on there for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was only when she got with somebody new that she gave him the boot. <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be some awkward conversations between exes, I guess. Hey, babe. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to stay on my account, you're going to have to uh, pay up. Give me a Venmo me a few dollars a month, which probably is not going to happen. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out, because I think I brought up the example the last time we spoke about this. What if you're a parent and your kid went off to college and now watches your Netflix at college? That seems really unfair that they have you have to pay. Also, when your kid is in college, they, for tax purposes, are still considered a member of your fucking household. Mm. Good point. Fuck you, Netflix. Yeah, and and you're still the kid's still on the parents' insurance. Yeah, I think we got a lawsuit coming together here. <laughs> Class action. <laughs> Class action, baby. <laughs> Gotta love it. But yeah, my family shares a Netflix, so I'm I'm a little stressed about what's going to happen. I guess we'll just pay the extra. That seems like because the alternative is you buy a whole other Netflix account, and it's just going to be cheaper to add on additional profiles, so to speak. So. Netflix, I did see, for all you exes out there still leeching on to old Boo's account, Netflix does offer a like export profile feature now. You can turn on profile transfers. So you can bring all of your Netflix data to a new account. So if you do have to go, just know if you really want to, you can bring your profile to a new account. So they're getting ready. All right. Well, thanks, Pam, for those updates. Coming up in After Dark today, I'm calling this, Oh, the Places You Will Go. We're going to talk about if we've ever visited any cool pop culture sites in real life. And then we're going to talk about bucket list places we've seen in pop culture that we'd like to visit. And then we're going to talk about 
overrated attractions and events. So just a kind of travel-oriented, travel and pop culture-oriented edition of After Dark Today. That's at patreon.com slash millennial. And by the way, definitely check out that latest, uh, I think it was last week. Did we do the Muggle Suck? Was that only a we week did. ago? Wow. Yeah. It's been a long week, I guess. But we had a great new Muggle Suck last week. We read a, another old AIM conversation between Laura and I, very gossipy. And uh, we talked about how our language has evolved <laughs> over the past 10, 15 years as well. So lots of great stuff every week at patreon.com slash millennial. Thanks again to everybody who supports us because we couldn't do the show without you. And now time for some recommendations. I already recommended a just egg, the plant-based egg. I want to recommend uh, Eva NYC's Freshen Up Invisible Dry Shampoo um, for anyone who had to uh, give up their old dry shampoo after the FDA put out a recall for a bunch of drugstore brands. Um, this is a brand that I would like to recommend because it's not amongst the recalled brands. Um, it's a little bit more expensive, but still more affordable than some of the higher end brands. And it smells amazing. It genuinely doesn't leave any like weird white cast on your hair. So if you have darker hair, um, that's definitely a huge plus. Um, and also just like I said, the smell is really good. A lot of times dry shampoos like set off my allergies or just smell too strong for me. But this has like a very nice, almost like, um, I don't know, like baked goods type smell about it. That's a little more subtle. So definitely recommend. And I also already did my recommendation, which is the Instax uh, mini fill printer for your smartphone. All right. A couple of reminders before we wrap up today. Make sure you're following the show in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you really like the show. If you have any feedback, you can write to millennialshow at gmail.com or you can use the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. And then last but not least, follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then over on TikTok, we are Millennial Pod. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. And I'm just Pamela. <laughs> Aww. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.